Shalom. This is Reverend Ferret again. Welcome to session three in the podcast series for such a time as this. Before we begin, I wanted to uh, mention a couple of things, and that is uh, I do hope that these podcasts are a blessing. And I want to let you know that uh, at the website, which is www.lightamenorah, that's all one word, and menorah is spelled M-E-N-O-R-A-H, M-E-N-O-R-A-H. So the website is www.lightofmenorah.org. If you go there on the right-hand side, you'll see a place that if you click with your mouse, you can donate to Light of Menorah. And uh, indeed, we're hoping that you would consider uh, financial donations to Light of Menorah because we depend totally on you. 100% of your donations go to the ministry. There's nobody in Light of Menorah that makes a salary. And uh, again, please help us. We'd really appreciate it. You don't have to uh, donate via the internet. You could send a donation via the U.S. mail. And the address is in that area on the right-hand side there at the uh, at Light of Menorah website where it says uh, donate, and you can send it at P.O. Box 270067. That's P.O. Box 270067 in Vadnais Heights, V-A-D-N-A-I-S, V-A-D-N-A-I-S, Vadnais Heights, Minnesota 55127. The other thing that I want to mention, and that is things have really progressed with Light of Menorah over this past week. I wanted to let you know that the main place that you could get these podcasts is at the website, www.lightofmenorah, again, all one word, .org. Or uh, if you're at the website, you can actually download an app. The app, app is called Podbean. And you can download it to your iPhone or to your Android phone. And that is going to be found on the right-hand side. You'll see the download buttons down off on the right-hand side. And if you indeed have that Podbean app, you can actually subscribe via the Podbean app on your phone to these podcasts, and you will be notified. You will be contacted automatically when I update the podcast at the website. And so you will know when something new has been added. Another two places that have been, uh, we've applied and we've been accepted is at Google Music and Apple iTunes. So now those of you that have iPhones and Apple computers, uh, you can now access this podcast at Apple iTunes or Google Music. And we're hoping for other places to come and uh, allow us to have our podcast uh, published uh, at their sites as well. Well, again, we're studying Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be, be, be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible, and your Bible that you may be using, whether it be an ESV or an NIV or a King James may read slightly differently. So we're studying this from a special point of view 
in the sense that we now realize from previous sessions that this is probably this book, this letter that Paul wrote to the uh, Jewish and Christian Messianic Christians in um, the city of Philippi was written probably about 60 AD. They had no New Testament. All they had was the Hebrew Scriptures. And the Hebrew Scriptures are the Old Testament. And so for us, we're trying to see how those Messianic Jews and Gentiles 2,000 years ago, what would they see in this verse? What would they hear in this verse? What would they understand? And the only Bible that they were able to relate it to is the Hebrew Scriptures in the Old Testament. Now, from sessions one and two, I wanted to bring one additional aspect to lesson two. And I want to consider Paul's teaching, which is inspired by the Holy, and Spirit, the Holy Spirit, inspired by God. And he's teaching us. And what is he saying? Paul wrote, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made, be made known to God. Or... Another way of looking at it is, Paul is teaching us there's three steps to letting God know about our requests. One step is by prayer. The second step is supplication. And third is thanksgiving. And so by prayer, based upon what we studied in the Greek and the Hebrew, we found out that the word there in Hebrew would be tefillah. And tefillah is one of many Hebrew words that's translated into one word in English called prayer. So you might say prayer is multidimensional once we get into the Hebrew because of the variety of words with separate conceptual meanings that all are translated into prayer. So the first step is by prayer, by tefillah, which is we're coming before God and we're seeking His judgments. In other words, God said in Exodus that he judged Egypt and the gods of Egypt so that he could free his people and bring them out of bondage. Or another one is in Psalm 76, verse 9. It says, God judges so that he can save us, save his people. So by prayer, by tefillah, we're coming to God and we're saying, Lord God, would you come and judge and decide for us against the evil and chaos around us? the troubles that we're in. The second part is with supplication, and that is petitions. We're taking our petitions before the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the only God. And the third step is that we thank Him. And we say, why? Uh, for what? Nothing's happened yet. We don't see an answer to our prayer. But perhaps those Messianic Jews and Gentiles knowing all they had was the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament, they might thank Him only for the simple reason. They're looking at the Hebrew Scriptures which tell us about God, who He is and what He's like. One of the things that we find out in the Hebrew Scriptures is that He always hears us. And we are never separated from Abba, our Father. He always hears our prayer, every one of them. So indeed, if this is true, we need to thank Him, indeed, as we have come to do tefillah, to pray, if you would, and lay our supplications before Him. I want you to consider a few verses here just to show you how the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament, supports the notion that God answers every prayer. I'm going to go to Psalm 4, verse 3. 
we read, but know that the Lord has set apart the godly man for himself. Now, we might insert the godly woman for himself as well. The Lord hears when I call him. If we are one of his people, if we are sons and daughters of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, if we are, one way of saying it, in Christ, he always answers our prayer. Another one is Psalm 91, verses 14 15 and 16. And we read, because he has loved me, these are the very words of God. This is David writing this psalm. And in this psalm, it has changed from David talking to now God talking. So God is saying, because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and let him behold my salvation. Now notice in here, God does not say, he will call on me and I might answer him. It doesn't say that. It says, he will call on me and I will answer. This is a guarantee. Let's go to Psalm 116, another one, verses 1 through 2. And it says, love the Lord because I love the Lord, because he hears my voice and my supplications, because he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I shall call upon him as long as I live. And David is teaching us here that God hears our voice. He hears our supplications. There's no restrictions, no limits. And on top of that, David is giving us that picture that God is inclining. He's, he's leaning down his ears so that he can hear us. He's waiting for us to pray. And on top of that, we know that he answers us before we even pray. This is the words of Jesus in Matthew 6, 8. Right before Jesus says, and pray in this manner, and then all of a sudden follows the Lord's prayer, Jesus says these words. And remember that the Father already knows what you need before he asks. Now we've already addressed this in Lesson 2. This is amazing. Jesus is not teaching anything new. This is coming right out of the book of Psalms. Let's go to Psalm 145, verses 19 through 20. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and he will save them. The Lord keeps all who love them, but all the wicked he will destroy. He hears those who fear him. Now, it's interesting in Hebrew. Again, a Messianic Jew 2,000 years ago in the city of Philippi probably got this. Fear has two conceptual ideas behind it. One is negative. In other words, fear as being afraid, anxious. Remember what Paul says here in Philippians 4, 6, and 8. Don't be anxious for anything. Don't be afraid of anything. Don't fear. So that's one conceptual meaning of this word yare in Hebrew, but the other one is to revere, to hold up in awe. I believe that that's what's going on here in Psalm 145, verse 19. He will fulfill the desire of those who are holding up in him in awe. They revere the Lord God, and he will hear their cry, and he will save them. If we are his and we're loving him 
and we know him, and we're in awe of our God. He answers our prayer, all of them. There's so much here. We put it into its historical context. We reconnect to the pictures that are in the Hebrew Scriptures. And indeed, our understanding is enhanced and enriched. For me, this is how I like to come to God. The things that you've been hearing in session one, two, and now, this is the three-step process that I use in my prayer times when I want to bring my requests before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'll never forget, as long as I am His, I'm, I, I'm, that I'm never, never out of His shadow. Now, here's the additional thing that I wanted to bring up. There's another awesome picture in the Hebrew Scriptures that gives us a picture of who, who is God, what and what He's like. It's another way a Messianic Jew or Gentile 2,000 years ago might have reason to thank Him. Thank Him after they laid their supplications before Him. And we'll go to Psalm 18, verses 31 through 36. Psalm 18, verses 31 through 36. Reading again from the New American Standard. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? The God who girds me with strength and makes my way blameless. He makes my feet like hind's feet and sets me upon high places. He trains my hands for battle so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy right hand upholds me, and thy gentleness makes me great. Thou dost enlarge my steps under me, and my feet have not slipped. There's a phrase there in verse 33 where it says, He makes my feet like hind's feet. If you go to the ESV or um, the NET version, you will find the word deer. King James is like the NASB, they'll use hind. Now, the Hebrew word there is ayala. And ayala is a small antelope-like creature. And in Israel, they live in the wilderness of Judea or the Negev. And you usually see them on very high cliffs. And God has given them special feet to be able to live. Live on these vertical cliffs on small, tiny ledges. It's amazing. For those of you that are accessing this podcast and you're doing it through iTunes or those of you that are accessing it perhaps through Google Music or a Podbean, one of the things at the website at www.lightamenorah.org, there is a, you, you can find this lesson. It'll be uh, for such a time as this, Lesson 3. And there's always a session description that I have below the picture logo for the session. And there, you are going to find um, a link, two links, actually, to some videos. To videos of the Ayala, the Ebex, that's what they're called in English, uh, living on high cliffs. One will be in Wadi Avdat, Ain Avdat, in the Negev of Israel, and another one uh, someplace, I, I think, in France. Uh, it is, it's breathtaking to see these animals and see what God has done for them. But you need to see that picture. Like I said, they're, they're small antelope-type picture, antelope creatures, and they live on high, high places, vertical cliffs on small edges, because God has given them special feet to live up there. Now David basically is saying, the Lord is giving me feet like an ayala. 
Not like a deer, not like a hind, but like an Ayala, an Ebex. Why? Because God is putting him in high places. God put him there. Vertical cliffs with small edges. To me, I'm afraid of heights. And so when I think of vertical cliffs with high edges, there's no way I want to go up there. So it's almost as if God is specifically telling David, listen, you're going to have tough times. You're going to have dangerous times, like a high cliff. And you'll be on a vertical edge that will be unbelievably scary. But he will give us feet like an ebex, feet for the path, the path to walk through this stuff. I think either from a positive point of view, it can be a high place, which could be an important position or an exalted task. Look at what David's, what, look what's going to happen to David. David is going to be the king of Israel. And his high place is that important role as king of Israel. And God, God chose him through Samuel the prophet. But also, his high place is being chased by Saul for years. And Saul wanted to kill him. And so David was in a high place, a dangerous place. But in both instances, I believe God is trying to teach us what he did to David and what he will do for all of us. He will give us feet like an ebex. That's a picture. But he will give us the things that we need so that we can walk through our hard places. <laughs> what is this? So what's our God like? He will give us feet like an ayala. Walking in those high places so that we have his help to make it through. Now, I believe there's another psalm that verifies this. I'm going to go to Psalm 91, verses 14, 15, and 16. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and let him behold my salvation. God will set us securely on high because we have known his name. So it is another awesome Hebrew picture that's not apparent in the English that gives us a reason to thank him after we have submitted our prayers. So that's session three. And for me, I have to say there's just so much in these two verses that I had to break it up so that we're going to have a session four. So in this way, uh, these podcasts can be about 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And in session four, the last session for this series that is entitled for such a time as this we're going to ask some questions one of the questions we're going to ask is what's god's peace what's god's peace that passes all comprehension is it peace from war um is it peace of mind is it peace in society what is it and then how does it guard our hearts and our minds matter of fact what is Paul getting at when he talks about our hearts and minds, emotions and our mental aspect? We're also going to take a look at that phrase, in Christ Jesus. It's very interesting to ask the question, what does that mean? Do you realize that the, the phrase, in Christ or in Christ Jesus, 
those phrases appear over 130 times in the New Testament. So it's very important to get the understanding of what that means. Now, for instance, one person might say, yes, uh, I'm in the car, and we would understand what that means. It's positional. They're actually, they have their car, and they're in it. Or you can say, oh, yes, I was sick in bed, and all of us would get the idea that the person is not feeling well, and uh, in order to get better, they're taking their medicine and so on and resting, and they're in bed. It's a, it's a positional statement, but we're going to find out. Paul is probably teaching a Hebrew concept. He's teaching it into the Greek. We're going to find it's not positional. And it's all about relationship. So, we'll see you soon. See you soon as we go into session four. The last session of the series for such a time as this. Shalom. Shalom.